Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, welcome to the clinic here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. I'm excited today. We have a great show. Honestly, it's, it's really, really a good show. And you know what I've realized all this time that we've had the show on? Since I sometimes recorded the show on Saturdays, um, you know, earlier in the morning, I think, you know, it just dawned on me. We always start at noon. And so what a better way to start the Dr. Luis Sandoval show than with the Angelus. It's our noontime prayer. So let's start with the Angelus. We'll say in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, to all of our listeners, today is the day that I want to introduce my Holy Hour Challenge. And we're going to talk about what that means and why we're doing, you know, what, what it, we're going to do during this Holy Hour, at least what I'm going to do during my Holy Hour. I want to do it a 12-week challenge. We're going to talk about that. But before we talk about that, I want to talk a little bit about why I'm doing this challenge, what I'm doing for myself with this challenge. It's just a self, uh, a self thing where I want to do a self-spiritual check. Um, I don't know um, that, uh, you know, we are, uh, let me see here, I'm getting a message from D. Hi, D. How are you doing? It says, Dr. Sandoval, YouTube is finally up again. Tell the listeners that are listening on the radio podcast. All right. So if you guys uh, want to get on YouTube, I get to see your chat. Thank you so much, D, for letting us know that. Um, I get to see your chat and I'd love to respond to you. I'd love to um, reach out to you d through our chat. Um, since we don't have uh, always, we can't always get the live calling um, happening because sometimes it's tough to do that while we're talking. But I love to see you on the chat. This last week, um, I had the week off, took spring break off to hang out with the kids and get things done around the house and things like that. And I had the ability to um, listen to Virgin Most Powerful Radio live during the week, which sometimes I'm working and seeing patients, so I can't. Um, but man, such powerful shows. What, what great shows this week. They were on fire. If you guys didn't listen to um, Jesus 911 on Tuesday morning, let's see, today's Thursday. So it would have been Tuesday the 6th. Um, it was uh, uh, Jesse um, 
Jesse and Ruben were on. And man, what a powerful show. It really made me think about a lot of things. And I thought sometimes you hear something that's very providential, um, especially the way it's going to work. And I can use what they were talking about in my challenge, uh, in my self-challenge. One of the things they were talking about is how everything is always present before God. And so our prayers and everything that we do really affects, we think of things chronologically. We think, you know, this happened now, this happens next, in an hour this is going to happen. Everything's present before God. It can happen now, it can happen um, before. It doesn't matter. God sees it all at the same time. And I know I was talking to, to you, Richard, last time that we talked about this, how everything's present before God. Padre Pio was saying that. And all of a sudden it dawned on me that, you know, when we pray, we are praying for people even in the past sometimes. You know, my prayers right now can actually help somebody in the past. My prayers can help somebody in the future. This Dr. San, uh, this challenge that's coming in uh, through the Dr. Sandoval show that I want to share that we're going to talk about, Holy Hour Challenge, it really came out of a lot of different things. One, because I think we need to grow together spiritually. I want to grow for myself in virtue. Uh, but the other thing that's important is that I realize when I do this, as I'm growing in virtue, as I'm applying my prayers, they're going to not just help me, but they can help a whole lot of people anywhere in the world that God needs uh, to apply them. And I'm going to find out about this when we meet again up in eternity. And they're going to say, hey, remember when you prayed that holy hour for me? Um, you know, you didn't realize you were praying it for me, but I was tempted at that time to do something and something happened. That temptation went away. I don't even know how it went away, but I didn't sin at that time. I was gonna, but I didn't. And that was because you prayed for me. And so you saved me in that moment. It can be pretty amazing that we have uh, that um, powerful connection to each other through the communion of saints. I want to say a quick shout out to, hey, Marco, how you doing? Uh, Christy, I see you there. And Pauline, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us in the chat. Always a pleasure to, to see you guys. And it was great to see you guys during the week uh, on the other live shows. I was just talking about that in case you missed it, how, how powerful these shows have been. They've, been. they've been so great. They've lifted me up all week while I'm, I've been working around the house and whatnot, taking this week off. Very lucky to have done that. The reason I wanted to start this holy hour, though, is because during Lent, uh, a lot of people felt distraught. A lot of people felt some some people felt defeated for a lot of different things. So one of the things was uh, they felt defeated with all the things that were happening in terms of the continued quarantine and the continued uh, talk about a virus and the continued talk about what do we do about it and wearing masks. It wears on people. You know, after a year, we've been at this for a year. After a year, it's kind of you know, it's amazing what the brain can get used to. But it can wear on people. And I've noticed that some of my patients have been feeling a little bit more down and whatnot. So I thought, okay, you know, there, there's a lot of chaos going on. Um, and a lot of different people are feeling upset. There were also people upset. And I know I talked about this last time on the show um, because it felt like, you know, in the midst of coming upon Easter, all this for a lot of people feels very demonic, very evil, um, you know, with a lot of uh, calumnity and a lot of uh, frustrations. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I, that I talked about last time was there were this, this weird, uh, the rapper who came up with, with these demon shoes and, and he came up with this horrific video, which I did not see. I, I read about it. Um, but really trying to put the demonic at the forefront. And one of the things that I thought about is there's so much chaos, chaos going on. It can be easy to feel like we're in a tidal wave of darkness, um, but how are we going to come out of that? What, what's the reality? Is that the truth? No, because we're coming up on Easter and the truth is that Christ rose from the dead and he defeated everything. There's nothing to be afraid of. One of the things that can happen is when we start feeling that way, we can easily start to feel like 
why not? What's the point? You know, what's the point of fasting anymore? What's the point of not sinning anymore? I'm just going to give in to my pleasures. I'm just going to, because who cares? It, it seems like God's not interested in me, which is never the truth. That's the lie that the world wants us to believe. But when we start thinking that way, when we start falling back and falling into sin without the idea of, I got to fight this, I got to get out of this, things can happen when we fall into sin. If you've ever listened to uh, Father Ripperger, which I'm sure you've listened to here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, one thing that happens that's very important is that when we sin, it dulls our intellect, okay? So mentally already we're slowed down. To me as a psychiatrist, that's fascinating because all of a sudden you're telling me that my action my action that went against God and against what we know is pure and true is going to affect the way I think. It's going to dull my intellect. I'm not going to be able to see things. And you know what the scariest thing is? That I don't know what I don't know. So if all of a sudden I had great faith in God and I was getting all these wonderful inspirations and I felt God speaking to me, if I am um, sinning, then all of a sudden I'm not going to know that anymore. Okay, so what, that already puts my brain in, in the backdrop. The other thing that I can tell you is an effect of sin is that uh, you're going to have increased stress. Whether we like it or not, our adrenal glands are going to be pumping out cortisol and we're going to have increased stress because our souls are not going to be at rest. St. Augustine tells us our heart is restless until it rests in you, Lord. So if my heart is restless already and if I don't apply that restlessness to the correct medication and I sin, I'm going to be extra stressed. I'm going to have high cortisol levels and that's going to be running through my body and it's going to be toxic. It's not going to do well. The other thing that's going to happen is I'm going to get anxious. Why? Because whether I like it or not, we talk about the conscious, but we talk about the subconscious. And when we talk about the subconscious, what's happening? The, the brain knows what's going on underneath. The brain knows that I just sinned. I went against God. And guess what? Now I'm stressed and now I'm depressed. And sometimes we wonder, why am I stressed out and depressed? Oh, it's because I need to, um, you know, uh, entertain myself more. I need to watch a TV show. I need to uh, do something different. You know, we, we start to do all these excuses for ourselves, which are not true, which are not going to get us to feel better. It's good to numb us out for the moment, I guess. We can think of it that way. But the reality is when we are in that position, we're not going to heal and we're going to wonder why we're going to feel bad. So um, one of the things that St. Paul tells us in the Gospels is that if we receive communion in a state where we're not in grace, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get sick. It's, it's just what's going to happen. It's in the book of Corinthians. We can uh, look that up. I remember I had written it down. If we look at uh, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, let me look that up. I just lost it here. I had it up on there. But if we do that, as I look this up, um, we're not going to feel good. So let me, let me, uh, give me one second here. First Corinthians. So we're going to look this one up because I want to make sure that, that we get that. Um, so here we go. It says, but a person must examine himself. And in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup, right? Why is that? Because if he doesn't, what's going to happen here? Oh, we're going to have to retouch on that when we come back. What I want to do is I want to share that Bible verse with you because it's going to be very important. We're going to talk about why we're going to do this holy hour and how we're going to heal. And we're going to focus on healing instead of focusing on fighting the demonic. And it's all going to happen at the same time. More about that when we come back from the break. We're going to find this verse and we're going to get your spiritual uh, health up and running with our holy hour challenge. 
All right, welcome back to Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I'm Dr. Luis Sandoval, your host. Today we are talking about the Holy Hour Challenge. And the reason that we're talking about this challenge is because I want to grow in virtue. I'm going to challenge myself to really focus on Christ as the ultimate healer, the one who can heal my body, mind, and soul. So before the break, I was looking for a Bible verse, and I found it here. Um, this is going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to start with verse 27. Listen to what happens to us when we sin. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a person must examine himself, and in doing so, he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. For the one who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not properly recognize the body. For this reason, many among you are weak, and sick, and a number are asleep. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along the world. Let's go back to this. Uh, I said along with the world, excuse me. So let's go back to this. This is so important. This is where sometimes we wonder, why am I feeling depressed? Why am I feeling anxious? Why am I in physical pain and it doesn't seem to get better? That's not to say that these things don't exist independently. It's not to say that, you know, somebody, you know, we're not going to go into that, that fallacy where somebody said, oh Lord, that person is blind. Who sinned? His mom or his dad? And he said, no, there was no sin there. It's not to say that every sin results in this. However, what I would say is that the more we get rid of sin, the better we are going to feel. So, This is what St. Paul said, for this reason, if we receive communion in a state of mortal sin, for this reason, many among you are weak and sick. Weak and sick obviously talks about the physical body. And then he says, and a number are asleep. This is right there. A number are asleep. Does that mean that they're sleeping on the streets or on her pillow? They're in their bed? No. I think what he's really speaking about is how cognitively the intellect is dulled. We become dumb. We're asleep in the Lord. We're not thinking clearly. We're not even paying attention to the way of Christ. Tell me that that's not happening in the world today. How many people are thinking that, oh, you know, I can do whatever I want and Christ doesn't matter. And they're sinning and sinning and sinning and they are asleep in the Lord, shall we say. They're not thinking clearly. You know, there is another um, Bible verse in Psalms, Psalms 38, five through eight. And it says, my wounds grow foul and fester because of my folly. I am bent over and greatly bowed down. I go mourning all day long for my loins are filled with burning and there is no soundness in my flesh. Notice they're talking about the wounds that are foul and fester and there's no soundness in my flesh. It doesn't say no soundness in my spirit and my soul, actually in my flesh. Why? Because of my folly, because of my sin, because I've turned away from God. So I want to make sure that we understand there's definitely a connection between if we are turning away from God and then we don't feel good. We're not thinking clearly. We're not feeling like we uh, are the best that we can be, I got to wonder how much of this is because we're weighed down by sin, because we're not taking that extra step to say, you know what? I am not going to sin anymore. Let's not forget that when Jesus went about healing, Jesus healed the physical. He healed people's hands. He healed healed, uh, people who were deaf, who were blind. But the first thing he said was, 
I am forgiving your sins. Your sins are forgiving you. He took care of the soul first. He got rid of the sins, and then we could see the physical healing. Notice when they said, you know, your sins are forgiving you, and people said, whoa, what's going on there? And he said, well, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiving you or get up and walk? He's, and he said, you guys want to see the easy part. Okay, get up and walk. For Christ, that's easy. Your sins are forgiving you. Christ is working outside of time and space to forgive our sins that happened in the past. No different than when we go to the Mass and we see this every Good Friday, we see this every Sunday, we see this every time we go to Mass. It's a representation outside of time and space um, that's happening again. It's a representation of the the Supper, the Last Supper. You know, one of my favorite movies growing up was this movie called Back to the Future, and I thought it was so cool about time travel, and maybe I can, uh, you know, if you go back, do I, um, you know, I can change things, or I know the future. But if you notice in that movie, the person existed in the past. He went out of time and space, and he was actually there in the past, seeing what was happening to his family. In the same way, when we go to Mass, when we go to confession, God everything's present before God in the moment. So whatever happened before, whatever's going to happen in the future is there and God can heal that. So as we're praying, uh, we need to think about that. This is, this is why the mass works. This is why we say we're, we're joined together with heaven and earth. You know, all the angels, all the saints, um, are there. There's never a priest who says the mass alone, even if he's by himself physically, as soon as he's saying mass, everybody from heaven comes down, all the saints and the angels are there with him. Um, all outside of time and space. So let me focus, knowing that, and knowing that I want to heal and I want to get stronger, um, so that if I'm getting stronger, I don't even have to worry about fighting demons because they're not even going to come and fight me. In fact, I'm not going to use my energy. I'm not going to waste my energy on that. I'm going to focus all my energy and strength in moving forward towards the Lord because even the demons know that they have to bow down to God. How do I know that? Let's look at this. When my friend was telling me about these... Uh, evil shoes that were happening. Um, one of the things uh, uh, that was going on was these shoes came out and they had all these markings on them because it wanted to represent the evil side. Well, you know, and in that it was disgusting, right? So you see that they're marked with a 666 and they're black and they have a pentagram and all these things. But guess what? Guess what was also, what else was on the shoes? They had to put a Bible verse. They put the Bible verse from Luke where it talks about the demon, the devil falling to earth like lightning. Um, and it, that actually was reassuring to me. You know why? Because even the devil can't quote himself. He can only quote the scriptures because that's the only truth. That's the only verse that he can quote. Where, where else is he going to get information from? All information comes from God. God will not be undone and the devil can never overcome that. If he's going to quote something, if he's going to say something, it's got to be from the word of God because that's what we all have to turn to. That's the only truth. When he took Jesus up into the mountain and he was tempting him, he tempted him with scripture because that's the only truth that, that holds. Those are the only words that matter once we pass away, once we're in the eternal, once we're outside of time and space in the eternal. The only words that matter are the words of God. And so even the demons know that. So if we start to focus on that, everybody's going to go away. We are going to be fine. Um, so one of the things that I'm saying is, let's see here. Let me get back to my challenge base. Here's what I'm going to do. So the way I'm going to set this up for myself is, um, and I see here somebody asked, when is this challenge starting? Really, whenever you want. I mean, we can start it today. We can start it. I was thinking about starting it on Sunday with Divine Mercy because what I want to do is focus on the virtues of faith, hope, and love. These virtues, sometimes we talk about the virtues and I've said how, you know, we hear the word virtue and all of a sudden we put them up on a pedestal like they're trophies that are to be admired when the reality is the virtues are, to me, are they're like a drill, a saw, a hammer. They are tools that we better be using 
to build ourselves up to the body of Christ. What I'm going to do is starting uh, on Sunday, I'm going to focus on, I'm going to do it one holy hour a week for 12 weeks. Now, how many of you guys ever hear about these workouts? Oh, 12 weeks, you're going to have a brand new body. 12 weeks, you're going to do this. Why 12 weeks? Because they know that, and I can tell you medically, the first four weeks is just the body getting used to a change. The first four weeks, you might even be gaining weight. You might not even be in good shape. You know, the first four weeks is is the body getting adjusted to a change of pace, a change of exercise, a change of diet. And then the next four weeks, the second month, the body starts to get into a routine, right? And the metabolism starts to adjust. And then the last four weeks, you start to see the effects. And the body says, oh, I I understand what we're doing now. And now it developed a new habit, okay? That's why if you look at anything, it's 90 days, 12-week workout, whatever it is. You know, if you're doing your PX90, whatever it is that you're doing, 90 days is kind of what it takes. So I'm thinking, well, if I'm going to get my soul strong, why not follow that formula? Except I'm not going to break it down into four weeks, four weeks, and four weeks. I'm breaking it down into three weeks, three weeks, and three weeks. And what I'm going to focus on is this. Our diet is going to be our regular diet. And what I mean by that is we should be on a diet of praying the rosary daily, um, going to confession at least once a month. um, And those two things are going to be basic. And of course, going to mass on Sunday. There's no question about that. We're going to follow that, that basic format. My goal here, so what's the goal of this? That's, that's my training. My goal is to become closer to conforming my body, mind, and soul to Jesus Christ through faith, hope, and love so as to achieve a state of peace and moral excellence. The virtues are going to bring us to moral excellence. We're going to be morally good. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be perfect because I'm still human. It doesn't mean that I'm going to look down on people, except in fact, the opposite's going to happen. Because I'm going to be able to recognize what I need to work on, I'm not going to worry about what other people are working on. Notice that I want to achieve a state of peace because one of the problems is right now, what we don't have in the world is peace. It's easy to focus on everything else that's going on and to be upset. And rightfully so, these things are upsetting. But if I put my focus in Christ, I'm going to achieve peace. So what I'm going to do is for the first three weeks, I'm going to focus on love. Now, we say, gosh, this is faith, hope, and love. Isn't love the last one? Yeah, but what does St. Paul tell us? Saint love is the one that's going to be lasting, right? We have faith, hope, and love. Love is the one that's going to last. Why am I praying for these? Because these are infused virtues. I can't just come up with them. I can't work on them on my own. These are infused virtues. God has to give them to us, so we better ask for them, right? It's not going to come without us asking for them. And Jesus tells us. He says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, Right? a knock and it will be open to you. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to seek, and I'm going to knock for God to help me out with love, faith, hope, and love again. And what I mean by that is the first three weeks, I'm going to focus on love because all I know right now is that God is love and he wants to love us. So I'm going to focus on love and I might not even understand it. It's not perfect yet. I'm just going to bring love the way I think I know love. I say, God, I'm doing this out of love for you. I don't even really know what that means right now, but I'm going to show you that I love you. And the first three weeks, every time I'm doing my own holy hour, I'm going to focus on love and and how I love God. The next three weeks, I want to focus on faith because if I love God, I better put my faith in God. And so now I want to get to know God. You know, I'm going to hang out with him first a little bit, and then I'm going to start to get to know him. So weeks four, five, and six, I'm going to focus on faith. Who are you, God? What, what, what are you all about, right? The Baltimore Catechism tells us, we are, why were we made? To know, love, and love God, right? But to know him first. So I'm going to actually start a little bit backwards. I'm going to start with love. I'm doing this out of love. But then out of that, out of hanging out with, with God for love, um, I want my faith to grow. So that'll be the next three weeks. Now that I know who God is, the week seven, eight, and nine, I'm going to put my hope in God, 
I'm going to put all my hope in God that God is going to take all the chaos away from my life, that God is going to help me heal, and that God is going to um, bring peace into my life, right? So if I'm at peace, I can pretty much handle anything. I can, I probably won't feel as depressed. I probably won't feel as uh, upset about things. I probably won't feel so burdened by any physical ailments. These are things that I hope happen. And then the last three weeks, 10, 11, and 12, I'm going to bring it back to love, but now hopefully a love that is deeper and that I understand more how to love God best. So that's my challenge. I'm going to do that for 12 weeks. What I'm going to do during these 12 weeks too is I'm going to say, I'm going to keep a journal. And before each holy hour, I want to see how did I feel before the holy hour? You know, was I tired? Was I upset? Was I looking forward to it? Was I dragging? I might not even want to do it that day, but I'm going to make myself do it. Um, so that's how I felt before. How did I feel during the holy hour? Was I able to focus? Was I distracted? What was going on? And then how did I feel after the holy hour? Now, keep this in mind. Um, as I'm doing this, I want to keep track of how did I feel before? How did I feel after? Am I having more temptations, which might happen, right, as I do this? Because if the devil knows I want to get stronger, he's going to try to want to take me away from this and tempt me um, about this. And so we're going to talk about more after the break what prayers I'm going to focus on while I'm focusing on these virtues during each of these holy hours. Welcome back to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, just a reminder to always listen to our shows if you find them inspirational. Uh, if you have any questions uh, or you have any uh, um, thoughts or input, feel free to email me at doctor, that's dr. Sandoval, vmpr at gmail.com. I always enjoy listening to or reading um, what's going on with our listeners, any issues that they might have. Um, the last few weeks I've been very busy, I haven't been able to call people back, but sometimes people might have questions or they might have thoughts and they, they want to talk, so sometimes I can do a quick phone call here and there. Um, and uh, one of the things that I decided I wanted to institute as well on our show is during this third hour, what I like to call the coffee corner. So grab my cup of coffee, and uh, I like to share with some of uh, what some of our listeners I've been going through sometimes because there's tough questions that come up um, where people say, hey, Dr. Sandoval, you know, this is going on or this is going on in my life or I'm feeling this way or that way. And I think a lot of people um, might might benefit from hearing that. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, my challenge uh, after this this segment uh, on the on the last part, because I also want to talk about what prayers I'm going to be doing. Um, I see here some people. Uh, in, in the chat. So Christy, the challenge really is any, when does it start? It starts whenever we want to start it. I'm starting mine uh, on the, actually I'm going to start it on Divine Mercy Sunday. I'm going to start by doing a holy hour once a week for 12 weeks. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. First, let me read this a little bit. Um, so one of the questions was, Dr. Sandoval, I'm feeling very upset because I'm starting to feel anger towards my spouse. Um, it's not one thing or two things that they did. It's a lot of little things, and I don't know how to get rid of it. Is this part of my depression 
or do you think this might be demonically influenced? You know, that's a great question because sometimes we have this uh, feeling of anger, we have this feeling of frustration, we have these feelings of not feeling good, and this is the kind of stuff that I wanna bring to this challenge, to this holy hour, um, where we can start to feel better. Um, this is a great question, it's hard to say because if you notice what they said is they started to feel anger, angry, anger towards a spouse, not because of one thing, but a lot of little things. And this is where we've got to be very cautious. If I'm going to be upset about somebody, I better know why I'm upset with them. If time's been going on and I'm feeling this anger and I'm letting it build up and I never addressed either one issue or something that happened in the past, then little things are going to build up and every little thing is going to be upsetting to me. You know, and it's not even what they're doing. It might not, it might be something simple. It might be as simple as the way that they're holding their spoon during dinner for crying out loud. And all of a sudden that's upsetting and that's getting to me. If it's getting to us like that, it might not necessarily be um, demonic per se, or excuse me, it might not necessarily be uh, mental health. It could be something where we are not at peace and everything the person does is upsetting. Mm, I got to wonder, where's my spiritual life at that point? Why is everything upsetting? That doesn't make sense. I would say some prayers at that point. If you have deliverance prayers for the laity, I might say some binding prayers. If you know that your depression um, is there and you haven't been taking your medication or you have any history of, of mental illness with psychosis or bipolar disorder, irritability can be something that, that's very common. So that's another thing to check because yeah, you could get angry, um, but that's not just that one person though. Usually when, when there's anger or irritability, as we say from depression or anxiety, that's just across the board. You're, everything's gonna be upsetting to you. If we notice that our anger is directed at a person, and we know that it's for no real reason, I would really double check spiritually how we're doing, say some prayers, maybe say some binding prayers, and start to find something good about that person. Because if we're seeing as everything bad, then I got to wonder what the influence is there. Um, so that's something to think about. There was another question here. Um, Dr. Sandoval, I've been depressed for a long time. I've tried many different medications over and over. I'm getting frustrated because I feel like a guinea pig. It doesn't seem like anything's working and it seems like the doctors don't know what they're doing. What can I do? Is there something new out there? Um, and that, that was pretty much the end of the question. There's something new out there. Um, great question because yeah, when it comes to depression, sometimes it's hard to know which medication is going to work best. We do have to try out different ones at times. And that can be really, really frustrating because honestly, sometimes I'll prescribe one medication to one person and they think that it's just the best thing in the world. Um, and it solved all their issues and they're not feeling depressed and they're enjoying life. Other times they take it that I could prescribe that exact same medication to somebody else and they say, oh gosh, I don't like this at all. I'm having too many side effects. I'm feeling, I'm actually gaining weight. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, you know, it doesn't do me any good. And we do have to try different medications at times. What I would say is, uh, if you try different medications, take a look and see how long you tried them for, because sometimes the first week that you try it doesn't work as well, or it takes a little bit of time for it to kick in. It can take about a month, month and a half before you start to notice the difference with certain medications. Um, so that's one thing to consider. Did you give it a long enough time to say that, yeah, I gave it a, a good amount of time to make sure that it worked. Um, but, uh, if not, and you, and you feel like, no, I really have tried medication, I'd say talk to your doctor or take a look at, you know, is therapy more important? Is there something that if medication is not working, maybe you need to talk things out. Maybe you need to talk things through. Maybe you need to go do a holy hour. Maybe we need to do something along those lines because the question is, are we at peace or are we not at peace? Um, so then let me see here. Um, there was another, oh, something came up, Diana. I'm sorry, Diana. Yes, you're right. In the chat, that was a typo. So she asked a question, does your email have address two, email address have two Ds in it? No, that's a typo. 
Let me type it again, and you'll probably see it on the screen. Of Richard, if you could put my, uh, my email address is on the screen for those of you who are viewing. Let me give you uh, my address right here, and that way you can I'll put it on the chat. So there should only be one D. Uh, it's dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. Okay, so that's how you can get a hold of me if you have questions or anything along those lines. Um, so I put it back in and now it made me a little bit orange. But so those are uh, important questions. If you are trying to take different medication, find the right one that works for you. But remember, we're body, mind, and spirit, so it's important to try different things. Here's another one that's an important question. Dr. Sandoval, my son suffers from psychosis. He won't take his medication. He does a lot better um, than when... Uh, he does a lot better on his medication than off of it, but we can't convince him to take it. When he starts to do well, he says he doesn't need it anymore and stops taking it. He has actually gotten into legal problems because of this, and it's really heartbreaking for the whole family to see what can I do to help him. You know, the very common case, and this is very, very frustrating, um, because when we do see our loved ones, when they take their medication and they feel good when they take it and they're stable, um, boy, we want to really encourage them and say, hey, let's get better, let's, let's keep doing this. Um, but it can be frustrating for the person because they say, I feel better now. Why do I need medication? I don't want to take this anymore. I don't need to take it anymore. I'm feeling okay. And all of a sudden they stop taking it and we see the psychosis comes back. They start thinking things that aren't real. They start believing that people are after them. And this can be very, very frustrating. And it can be dangerous because like they said, I don't know, it doesn't specify any legal problems, but all of a sudden it can get you into legal problems because you might believe that your next door neighbor is doing something and you break into their house thinking that you're defending your family or whatever's going on. But I would say that what I tell most people is the proof is in the pudding. Sit down and talk to them and let them know um, that this medication is, that this condition is chronic and that the medication doesn't cure it. A lot of it has to do with education as well um, because sometimes if we have an infection, we'll take an antibiotic for a couple of weeks and we're good. But the education part is, hey, this is a little bit more like diabetes or high blood pressure or high cholesterol or things along those lines. This can be a chronic condition if you do suffer from psychosis, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and you need to keep taking that medication. Um, it's something that you got to take every day. At that point, what I tell most people is think of it as a vitamin. You know, there's no, um, th this vitamin is what's going to uh, help you and what's going to keep things even for you. But it does have to be taken on a daily basis. You know, how many people if I tell them take a vitamin C because you're deficient, uh, nobody would would be upset by that or, or you know, uh, feel awful by that. But that's because it's socially accepted. But to say, gosh, you know, I got to take a medication for my psychosis, that's not always socially accepted. And so that can be very, very frustrating. Um, again, if you have my email there, it's on the screen. Doctor, that's dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. Feel free to send more questions your way or my way, excuse me, if you have any questions in terms of mental health. I like to try to reach out uh, to as many listeners as I can. Uh, my weeks go up and down, so it just really depends on the week. But don't lose heart. I'm always here for you. And we can always uh, go through some of these questions. And if uh, during the show, feel, feel to specify if we can share any of this information. I think sometimes it helps our listeners. Um, and we can always have the coffee corner here during our third segment. Um, now I want to get back a little bit to the challenge that we were, that I was talking about. I'm going to start mine on Divine Mercy Sunday because I'm looking to God's mercy to please infuse in me the, the virtues of faith, hope, and love. Again, what I'm going to do is 12 weeks. The first three weeks, I'm going to be focusing on love. The next three weeks, I'm going to be focusing on faith. 
The next three weeks, I'm going to be focusing on hope. And the last three weeks, I'm going to be focusing on love again. My goal is that hopefully I, you know, initially it might be hard. It's kind of like when you start a diet and initially you start it off or you start an exercise regimen, you're going to be, you got to stretch a little bit more. You're going to be a little bit rusty. I might be that way during a prayer time, right? So if I sit there, I might not be able to sit for the whole hour and that's okay. Put that in your journal. That's the goal. The goal is that we're going to keep improving. You know, I might not be able to focus during the hours at times. My goal is that I'm going to keep improving. Um, I might not be able to uh, feel at peace right away. That's okay. I got 12 weeks to continue to improving. The trick is to stick with it. Why am I doing this? Because there's a whole lot of things that are not at peace with us. What am I going to do? And I would say in the world right now, um, overall, because of everything that's going on. And so what am I going to do while I'm doing this challenge, while I'm sitting there praying? There's a lot of different prayers we can do. But one of the things that I recall uh, that was always striking to me is if we go back to the apparitions of Fatima, a lot of people sometimes forget before Mary appeared to the children the year before, somebody else appeared to them. It was the angel of peace. Right now, what we need more than anything else in this world is peace. And so in order to bring that peace into our lives, I want to go back and I want to look at, well, what did the angel tell the children to pray in order to be at peace? And so sometimes they call it the forgotten message of Fatima or things along those lines. Um, And so one of the things is, Uh, the angel came and he said, I'm the angel of peace. And he taught them a couple of prayers. So during the holy hour, what I want to pray are these two prayers. And you can look at these online. I mean, it's easy to find uh, the Fatima prayers. One of them is my God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Notice this is the angel of peace. He's telling us how to find peace. And I want to, and look at what the prayer says right away. It talks about, I believe faith. I hope, right? And I love thee. It also says, I adore. Well, I'm right there adoring God and I want to believe, I want to hope, and I want to love. I'm focusing on these virtues. That prayer is already right there. And there's going to be another uh, prayer that the angel of peace gave to the children that I will go over when we come back from the break. Things that I want to do during the holy hour to grow in the virtues and achieve moral excellence and peace. All right, welcome back to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, where we are talking about our mental, physical, and spiritual health. And in order to get more spiritually healthy and become better Catholics as a whole, you know, we talk a lot about deliverance. We talk, I do a lot of uh, uh, deliverance work uh, here with our, our good people, the Diocese of Orange. Um, and it can be very challenging and it's so easy to focus on, well, what's the devil doing and what are the extraordinary means that he's doing Is it temptation Is it obsession? Is it, you know, all these things. But sometimes we forget that instead of focusing so much on how am I going to fight the devil? That's not what we're really here for. That's a side effect of why we're here. What we are really here for is to become more like Christ. And that's what I want to focus on. I truly believe that if we can do this, if we can focus more on Christ, if I can do a 12 week holy hour, Uh, one holy hour per week for 12 weeks, I think I'm going to be a lot healthier. I'm just curious to see what's going to happen because if God promises this for us, then why not take him up on the challenge? You know, God's challenging us as well. He's saying, come on, you know, I'm giving you all these virtues. I'm giving you all the stuff, but are you using it? What's the point? It's kind of like going to the gym and saying, I want to get in good shape, but I don't know that I want to lift the weights or get on the machines. Well, you know, everything's there. All the stuff is there for us to to, uh, get better with, to get stronger. 
Um, but are we really using it? Are we putting it to good use? Okay, so before the break, oh, and this is the other thing is to my listeners, if anybody wants to take on this challenge, let me know. I already put my email out there. Let me know what's going on. If you find the challenge is too hard, you uh, it's confusing, there was something you didn't understand, feel free to let me know. Uh, if you think it can be improved in any way, let me know. This is just, I, I just made this up because I think this is gonna be kind of cool um, for us. And I really wanna see some, some difference. I wanna see some results. You know, when you go to the gym, you take a diet or, or you do a special diet or something, you know, we always wanna see results, right? I wanna get stronger. I wanna see my muscles get bigger. I wanna, you know, slim down. Whatever it is, I need to see results. God is already telling us he's going to give us results, but we got to put up our part. So ultimately, I want to achieve peace. When Jesus rose from the dead, here we are, Easter week. What was the first thing that he would say to his apostles? He would say, peace be with you. Sounds pretty important. If that's the first thing that the resurrected Christ is saying, that the, his first word is peace, I want to achieve peace. And that's why we're doing this holy hour. We're going to focus on faith, hope, and love because these virtues lead us to moral excellence, but it's the more challenging virtues to work with because God has to give them to us. Again, I went back to the uh, Fatima apparitions and there was the angel of peace who presented himself to the children. Uh, the first prayer that I talked about that I'm going to be praying during the holy hour uh, is the first prayer that the angel taught the children. Uh, and it's, my God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Again, this is the angel of peace. And look at what he's talking about. He's talking about belief, which is faith, hope, and love. Obviously, these virtues have something to do with peace and something to get me closer to God. In our current society of chaos, in our current society where we're frustrated with all these quarantine and all these different things going on, I think we need peace more than ever. And I think that was a message of Fatima, really, um, a message of peace. There was a second prayer that the angel of peace gave the children. And I'm going to be praying this as well. And it says, most holy trinity, father. Oh, actually, let's back up a little bit because when he gave him this prayer, it says on one occasion, the three children saw the angel prostrate before a host and a chalice that hung in the air, worshiping the Eucharist, the angel prayed. So I think the angel was doing maybe not a whole hour, but before the host, that is what we're going to be doing, the holy hour. This is a perfect prayer for that. The angel himself is teaching us this. Most holy trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore thee profoundly. I offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrageous, sacrileges, and indifferences whereby he is offended, and through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. This is an apparition that was approved by the Vatican, church-approved apparition. These prayers must count for something, right? And so we're talking about we're praying for the conversion of sinners. We talked about how we got to stop sinning. This is what I'm really hoping these holy hours do. I hope that I improve in myself and whatever weaknesses I have that consciously that I can stop sinning. And there might be some subconscious weaknesses we have that I'm not even aware of some sins that are there and I don't know how to get rid of. You know, this is all in the psyche. We know there's a conscious, we know there's a subconscious. Um, and I want to get rid of these. If the angel of peace taught us these prayers at Fatima, then I think, and they mentioned faith, hope, and love. This is where I came up with this. I thought something about faith, hope, and love is going to be a good guide towards peace if I and prostrating before the the uh, the host like the angel did in saying these prayers this is going to be a guide to achieving peace I'm going to do this for one hour a week 
I'm going to do it for 12 weeks and I'm going to start it on Divine Mercy Sunday. Now, for some people who say, gosh, what if I miss a week? What if something like that happens? It's okay. You know, don't beat yourself up. Make up for it. Try to make it an average of one holy hour per week. If you missed one week, try to do two the next week. You know, keep that journal because just like when people work out and they keep a journal and they say, oh, I lifted this much this week or this week wasn't as good or this is how I kept my diet. Um, you know, let's keep a journal and let's see how is this improving my life? Is it improving my life? Is God working in my life? Because I have that, this is why I'm praying for that faith. I have to have that faith in God. I have to have that hope in, in, in God. And I have to love God. And in order to do that, I'm praying for it. I got to put my part. We're going to, God is going to be working with us and we're going to be working together on this. Um, again, please let me know if this challenge uh, sounds like something that's cool to you for, for you to do. I'm going to do it anyway. And every week, I'm going to be giving an update on the show as to how it's going. You know, let's give an update as to, am I sticking to my, my regimen here? Um, so that's going to be during the holy hour. I'm going to be saying those prayers one holy hour per week. Again, we're going to keep, I'm going to keep doing going to mass on Sundays, doing the basics, confession at least once a month, um, praying my, my daily rosary. And the only other thing that I added to this for myself outside of the, of the holy hour, so during the week, what I'm going to be doing is I got myself a copy of The Imitation of Christ, I just got myself a little book, Imitation of Christ. If you've ever, if you've never heard of this book, it's a wonderful book. Um, Tomasa Kempis wrote it. Um, and, you know, it's got little chapters and it's not hard to do. You can do one or two chapters a day. They're very small, but they are very, very rich. If you've never read this, um, this is very, very important. So just listen to the first sentence from uh, book one of chapter one. No one who follows me will ever walk in darkness. No one who follows me will ever walk in darkness. Jesus tells us that in John chapter 8, verse 12, and it says, These words of our Lord counsel all to walk in his footsteps. If you want to see clearly and avoid blindness of heart, it is his virtues you must imitate. Make it your aim to meditate on the life of Jesus Christ. We got to imitate his virtues. Ultimately, this book, Imitation of Christ, it really is a meditation on the life of Christ. I'm just going to read a chapter or two a day. They're not very long. They're very quick to read, easy to read. Um, and so that, that's all there is to it. There was a foreword here, which I thought was important too. Anyone who wishes to follow me must deny self, take up the cross daily and follow me. Um, you know, and this is, this is all that Jesus wants for us. So I think that, if we do this, we're going to be following Christ. I want to see results. I'm going to say, okay, God, I'm going to come into your gym and I'm going to work out and I'm going to work out with you. And I'm going to ask you to be my trainer really is what it comes down to. I want Jesus to be my trainer. I want him to train me in the virtues of faith, hope, and love. I'm going to put in my part and I'm curious to see what's going to happen in my life. How's it going to change? How's it going to improve? Because I want to see results and I want to be walking with Christ. Now, does that mean that at the end of the 12 weeks I'm done? No, I want to, I want to build on that, right? If you ever see a bodybuilder or somebody who's training for a sport, they don't stop training. They, they start maybe a few weeks and then they start to build on that and then they cross train or find ways to get better. So when this is done, I'm going to come up with my next challenge and I'm going to see what part of our Catholic faith we can use. Right now we're going to use Holy Hour and the Virtues of Faith, Hope, and Love. For the next one, we might talk about the first five Saturdays. We might talk about um, you know the first nine Fridays or different things that we can use to continue our Catholic training. Our goal for this is that we're going to be healthy in spirit. I want to see if I'm healthy in my soul, if I stop sinning. How is that going to affect my physical health? How is that going to affect my mental health? 
And am I going to achieve peace ultimately? If I can do that, I think that's the best thing I can get out of any clinic. A lot of people say, doc, what's the best medication for, you know, when they kind of actually, when they come to the clinic and they say, I think I'm depressed or I tell them, you know, I think this is your diagnosis. What's the first thing they say? Give me the best medication you have for this. Well, I don't know sometimes what the best medication is for that person. I have some pretty good medications. I don't know what the best medication is for that person. But in the same way, I think if we do this, Jesus is going to tailor the best spiritual medication. And guess what? Different things can happen in our lives. What if all of a sudden you say, gosh, I am suffering from mental illness. And like this person who who had written in, um, is one of the, one of the things that I would say is, uh, you know, I've tried all these different medications. They don't work. I'm still depressed. Uh, and all of a sudden you might be doing this challenge and something might work, you know, something might've lifted. Maybe there was something uh, dark there that didn't want you to get better. Or maybe there was something dark there that was keeping the medication from working well. These things can happen, but if I allow myself to get stronger spiritually, sometimes by domino effect, everything else kind of falls into place. Krista, you're already doing the first Fridays and Saturdays. That's awesome. I see you here on the live chat. That's great. I mean, and these are things that we can continue to work on. I like to talk about them one step at a time because sometimes people can feel overwhelmed and they say, oh, I'm going to do everything Catholic all at once. And, you know, it can be overwhelming. It can be too much. It's kind of like people going to the gym and saying, oh, I'm going to be a bodybuilder within a month. No, let's let it build. You know, this challenge shouldn't be something that's burdensome. It should hopefully be something that as we work on, um, I continue to start actually look forward to it. It's kind of like once people start getting really into exercising, going to the gym, they look forward to their gym time. You know, some people get obsessed and they say, gosh, I'm not going to do anything other than gym time. And that's not healthy either um, because we do have to live in community and we, we can't neglect our, um, you know, uh, our duties. Um, but, you know, one holy hour a week, for 12 weeks, focusing on faith, hope, and love. I think that that's doable. It's doable for me. If it's not doable for anybody else, that's okay. But I'm curious, very, very curious to see how is this going to improve? What is it that's going to happen? Um, if you want to read a little bit more, because I'm going to be, as we talk about this weekly, as I give an update, I'm going to be focusing on what is love and, and what we've learned from that and how we can apply that to our health really more than anything else. I think this is going to increase our physical health as well. I got a feeling it's going to decrease stress. If God is telling us it's going to bring us peace, our cortisol levels are going to be down. I think the system is going to be running more smoothly. I think the metabolism is going to be running more smoothly. I know when people suffer from, say, thyroid problems, hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, they realize that the thyroid is really in charge of the body. It takes care of all the metabolism. It's really what keeps the body running at the correct pace. I think when we find peace, everything's going to be running smoothly and at the correct pace. So I will be looking forward to your emails if you want to take this on. Um, It's just going to be a 12-week challenge focusing on faith, hope, and love. I want to see the results. How am I going to get results? Am I going to see improvement in, in how things are going in my life, in my family life? Am I going to see that things have gotten easier for me at work? Am I going to notice that somebody who I wasn't getting along with at work, all of a sudden they're not so hard to get along with? I don't know, but I'm curious to find out. I'm curious to see what goodness can come out of this. Don't be afraid if temptations uh, are increase or if we start to feel like we're falling more often at first because that's exactly what's going to possibly happen. But that's not something that we should be afraid of. It means that we got to keep going with it. You know, sometimes you start a diet and you're like, whoa, I gained weight on this one in the first couple of weeks. That's okay. The body's getting used to it. We're going to keep going forward. We're going to move forward. I hope that um, anybody who has any questions, feel free to email me and I hope this works out. You can do this any way that you can um, and we will talk again next week with all of our updates. Until next week, this is Dr. Sandoval closing down the clinic.